Unlocking the Cage is produced by The Manager Special. This show is recorded live on Twitch Sunday nights at 5 Pacific on at Managers Comedy. Check out our other show, Virtual Improv, Tuesdays at 6 Pacific and Fridays at 7 Pacific. Or check out our YouTube for recordings of this show, our other shows, as well as animation, short films, and sketch comedy. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Unlocking the Cage. Today's episode is Gone in 60 Seconds. We are your hosts, Meg and Chris. Um, We have a a show, and our goal of this show is to watch every single one of Nicolas Cage's 104 movies and rank all of them. Um, A note on today's episode, we are pre-recording this episode due to travel plans, so if anything seems a little bit like out of context, that's because it was recorded in the past um but hello uh, from the past hello from the past i hope things are better now i really do i hope this um, isn't just a hard drive someone found in a burned out <laughs> building i uh, it, it's not it's honestly at this point who knows but that's not what we're here to talk about today we're here to talk about nicholas cage gone in 60 seconds um a couple of notes uh this 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 podcast slash Twitch show, we will spoil the movie. That's the whole point of it. We're going to talk about it. So if you uh, care deeply about the ending of a 2000 action movie, then uh, maybe this isn't the place for you. Um, but if you don't care, let's keep going. Uh, another note, we our theme song is by Will Gianetta. Uh, and we just like to give him credit for it because it rules. Um, so why don't we go ahead and bring out today's guest, uh, actress and writer, Jenny Stukin. <laughs> No. Hi, Jenny. <laughs> Hi, Jenny. How's it going? Good. How are you guys? Good. I love your little decorations. Thank you. For the podcast. A little, of, a, little, a little out of date. <laughs> well, for the podcast audience, there is a Baby Thank Yoda you. and a Halloween. Oh, and a bunch of corks and a Halloween ensemble behind her. Yeah. <laughs> and go Cubs. Oh, is that what that says? Oh, yep. Yep. I see that. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, well, uh, let's get into the movie. So just a little background on Gone in 60 Seconds. This movie was released in the year 2000. It was a um, big box office hit. It made $237 million on a $90 million budget. So pretty good. And $50 million, right? $50 million 50- budget, right? Uh, for some reason, I have 90 in my oh, notes. Oh, n- never mind. Never mind. Okay. I misread the notes. So, okay, cool. Never yeah. mind me, just derailing the show. <laughs> you know, honestly, Meg and I are drinking tonight, just FYI. We're drinking, yes. Um, but uh, either way, it made a lot of money. Uh, it got bad reviews, though. No, you know, it was not a very uh, well received movie. Uh, so, uh, another some other fun stuff on this. Um, this is an Angelina Jolie movie, uh, just for context about Angelina Jolie's career in the year 2000. This is right after she won the Oscar for Girl Interrupted, right before Tomb Raider. So this is like peak breakout star Angelina Jolie. She is huge. And we'll talk a lot, I'm sure, about her role in the movie, especially in, her in proportion four lines. To, <laughs> yeah, in proportion <laughs> to uh, uh, how prominently she is billed on the poster for this movie um let's go into a little segment that we like to call 
Brendan's corner. Oh, I'm Chris, not so quick on the draw, guys. Chris is going to hit a little transition for us. There you go. Uh, so Brendan's Corner is named after our friend, screenwriter and former film major, Brendan Buzard. It's where uh, I asked him to tell me cool stuff about this movie that I might not necessarily know, like uh, context in, you know, the history of cinema and stuff like that. Um, for one, I didn't know that it was a remake of a low-budget indie film from the 70s. Did you guys know that? I, a British yeah. movie. Okay, so you guys knew that. Cool. Right, I actually well. looked up the the original, too, because I thought maybe it was like one of those remakes where they used some of the original actors for it, but yeah. I didn't recognize any of the names at all. It's I Yeah, I don't know anything about this movie, but apparently at the time, that was a massive hit uh, it made it was a uh, $150,000 budget movie that made $40 million in the 70s so that's insane. you know um, what's weird is this is the second cage remake we've done what was the other one we did the wicker man from the 70s oh yeah of course yeah so that I guess that's like a cage thing is remaking movies from the 70s yeah um this the budget of the remake was 600 times the budget of the original uh the original movie mainly used cheap cars that they got from police auction Whereas in this movie, we'll talk about they use lots of fancy cars. Um, and another thing about this is this is a Jerry Bruckheimer film. So Jerry Bruckheimer produced it. So Jerry Bruckheimer, you know, uh, as a producer of The Rock, Con Air and Armageddon. So like a lot of like late 90s, early 2000s, huge budget action movies, like really, you know, explosions, that kind of stuff. Um and according to our friend ben, Brendan, this is more of a Bruckheimer movie than a Dominic Sena movie. So Dominic Sena is the director, like because Bruckheimer has just like such a style, you know, like, you know, you, you know, his shit when you see it. It's it's got a lot of explosions. And... Is he there? Anyway. So like yeah. now I'm remembering this, even though we just saw the movie, is his it does like the production logo, like lightning hitting a tree. Is that Jerry Bruckheimer? So. OK. Yeah. OK. I just associated that. And I'm like, is that even real? Or did I just make that up? No, that's real. That's okay. a real thing, Chris. <laughs> it's been sure. a few days since we saw, since we saw the movie, but that's <laughs> legit. Um, all right. I've been talking for a while. So I'm going to ask you guys uh, what your backgrounds are. We'll start with Jenny. Like, what do you remember? Like, how long ago did you see this movie? How many times have you seen it? Like, what do you remember about it? Is it like fresh in your mind or? I actually was... <laughs> probably one of the few people who saw it when it originally came out in 2000 um, because my boyfriend at the time and our group of friends was very into car movies. So we were <laughs> so about this movie to the point where we left and we were like, we could be car thieves. We could totally be car thieves. <laughs> um, so I actually have a very fond place in this movie, a fond place in my heart for this movie. Um, and then I rewatched it recently to remind myself uh, of. And you not seen it since 2000? No, it's it's kind of one of those movies that like if I'm scouring the Internet and I don't know what to watch and it pops up, I'm like, that'll do. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I've seen it a fair number of times over the last 20 years. What about uh, what about you, Chris? I think I've seen it more than once. I mean, I know I've seen it at least twice. I did see it when it was in theaters. I saw it with my brother a long time ago. I don't remember what the circumstances were, but I do remember watching it and being like, like at the time, thinking how ridiculous it was, even for the time. Like it, like uh, mm -hmm. especially the the part at the end where he jumps the. I mean, you know, spoiler alert, where he jumps the car. Oh yeah. Walked out of the theater thinking like. 
like he just went way too far on that ramp and the speed he had like because i was in engineering school and i'm like <laughs> he just went 300 yards he would have immediately like, crashed. physics of that not make sense <laughs> yeah like he would have crashed right into that ambulance <laughs> but it's funny because to me this the, the action in this seems very quaint in comparison to like the fast and the furious movies yeah. and like like just like like i didn't there was no helicopter versus car scene right I or think, was there tank I think, tanks well, yeah i think they this is probably the foundation like these these guys are laying the tracks for right like those people <laughs> like nobody drew drove a car off of a a cliff you know and <laughs> caught onto the back of a helicopter and flew through the sky or whatever <laughs> With the exception of that last jump, most of the action scenes were a lot more plausible. Yeah. All right. So, all right. So, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk again. Is it time to dig in yet? No, we're not digging in yet. Yeah. No. 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 Let me just. Here's what was gonna happen now. Is do we have a little transition for plot summary, Chris? No, we don't. Okay. Cool. (laughs) But I can give you one. So imagine the words plot summary are coming up on the screen. Plot yes. summary. I mean, especially for the podcast people, imagine those words are coming up on the screen because <laughs> you're never going to see them. So Unless, all right, here yeah. we're just going to do a little run through what happens. So if it's been a while since you've seen this movie, you can get a refresher. Uh, feel free to pipe in if I miss anything, guys. Um, car thief Kip Rains, played by Giovanni Ribisi, works with his gang to steal 50 high-end cars for Raymond Kalitri played by Christopher Eccleston, a British gangster in Long Beach, California. Yes, Christopher Eccleston, a.k.a. the 10th Doctor, I think. Doctor Um, Who. Or maybe he was the 9th. I should know that. He was my gateway doctor. Same, same. I don't know if you're missing much, Jenny. It's like, (laughs) it's a... It's a thing. I'm involved in enough nerd properties as a fan. I don't I really there. I don't have space for another world in my heart. <laughs> There's so much to it too. Um, all right. So, uh, Giovanni Ribisi, Ribisi messes up the heist and Kalitri, Kalatiri, Kalitri. I don't know. Tra- threatens to kill him in the car in the car crusher unless his older brother Memphis Reigns, played by Nicolas Cage, steals the fifty cars within seventy two hours. So, Memphis assembles a crew and the group tracks down the card cars, giving each a code name. Memphis insists on saving a 1967 Ford Shelby GT500 that he has dubbed Eleanor, which he has attempted to steal before for last. The crew plans to steal all 50 cars in one night. Meanwhile, there are two detectives that figure out that they're onto something and start tracking them. Um, And then there's like a big action sequence, which I'm going to describe, but it's just a bunch of car chases. So Memphis steals Eleanor just as the detectives arrive and leaves police on a chase through the city and into a shipyard. Reaching the Vincent Thomas Bridge, blocked by an accident, Memphis jumps Eleanor off the ramp of a tow truck and lands on the other side, escaping the police. Chris's favorite part. Yeah. The big jump. Yeah. Uh, he arrives at Kalitri's junkyard two, 12 minutes too late, and Kalitri refuses to accept the slightly damaged Shelby, ordering his men to crush the car and kill Memphis. Uh, Kip and Atley, who is another henchman, use the junkyard crane to knock out Kalitri's henchman, and an armed Kalitri push, pursues Memphis into the warehouse as the detectives arrive. Kalitri prepares to shoot one of the detectives, but Memphis kicks Kalitri over the railing to his death. A grateful detective 
lets Memphis go free and Memphis tells him where to find the container ship full of stolen cars. The crew celebrates with the barbecue and Kip reveals that he has bought Memphis a dilapidated 1967 Shelby GT500. I'm sorry, the last three paragraphs are not very exciting in word form. It's just a bunch of action sequences. Yeah, they, there's a car chase, the bad guy dies, they get him an Eleanor that he has to fix up himself. The end. Oh, yeah. and he fucks uh, Angelina Jolie. Not not in the movie, but presumably later on. It's implied. It's, it's yeah. implied, yeah. It's implied. So are we dig it um, in? Are we digging into this? Yeah, let's 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 start off. Um, just how did it like? How did the movie hold up? Like general thoughts on it. Like Jenny, would you, you feel like it was as good as you remembered? Or, uh, it it was definitely different watching it with twenty years older eyes. Um, because there were some parts that you know. Younger me was just like, wow. And then I was like, um, <laughs> but like when, when they first show you Angelina Jolie rolling out from under the car and of course she just looks perfect and angelic and she's backlit perfectly. And I'm like, could she not have like just oil on her face and like a dirty shirt and it's maybe something that's not sexy and skin tight, but you know, it's Angelina Jolie. So she's got a 2000. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but no, I still enjoyed it. I mean, I, I'm a sucker for a good action scene and I think the action still held up. Um, what did you think, Chris? No, I I thought it was all right. I thought that, uh, there's two, there's a lot of stuff that when you watch it, you're just like, oh my God, like this is just so much of that time period. Like there's a lot, just just like, what? Like, uh, you know, I don't know if you want to talk about now, but like, yeah, go for it. uh, So like. Uh, there's this stuff that's like what like all right the scene she's talking about jenny's talking about where she rolls out from under the car angelina jolie's working on cars in a garage rolls out in full makeup like hey what up walks away down by the way hair down gonna get pulled right into the goddamn fan (laughs) uh she just walks away from that does a walk and talk with nick cage into a full bar of guys and immediately starts tending bar at this shop shop garage slash bar that's packed i don't know what this is she's like waiting tables giving drinks out suddenly like what is happening i have no idea they're like what's everybody's ideal woman doesn't say a lot super hot Works on cars, also bartender, super white sexy. White lady dreads. <laughs> like white lady dreads. They're just like, they just crafted this place that doesn't exist. Also, the <laughs> the car chase. I don't know if you want to, if I'm going too far. No, right. it does not matter. Go, right. go wherever The car chase. They have this amazing, crazy car chase where there's like hundreds and thousands of dollars of property damage to chase a guy who is stealing one car that's worth 60, he even says it in the movie, 60, 80 at the most. So like, and and this guy is also wanted for murder. The guy comes in and says, "Listen, guys, which guy are we talking about again?" Kalitri. Like the guy comes oh, and yeah, goes, yeah. "Listen, we got Kalitri on murder one. Don't worry about it. He's going down." They're like, "Nope, we got to tear this city apart because this guy's gonna steal those cars, and you know, cars are important." Like, there's moments where security guards. I don't know if you remember this. Like yeah. armed security personnel that live in that that gated community just start firing at a car that's like a forty thousand dollar car, and they shoot a kid for stealing a forty thousand dollar car. Like, just like mind blowing. The stuff that happens in this movie makes no sense. Yeah, I think I think one of the things. So so just I I do want to say so 
my impression of the movie, I actually came away with a more positive impression than I expected. Like I was like, oh, this is going to be a really stupid action movie. But like I did enjoy it. Like I didn't I, I kind of tuned out some of the the action sequences near the end, like especially the car chases. But like I I think I mean, at its heart, it is a heist movie. And I fucking love a heist movie. You know, like I love like like kind of the like I think Chris said while we were watching it, like the Ocean's Eleven thing of like, oh, let's get the gang together and everybody's got their own like little skill um and like this guy's the this guy this guy's the, the computer guy and whatever and like i think that was really fun and i i did enjoy all of the i think it's not taking thing. the movie too seriously right if you're if you're going in hoping to like have a more have a better understanding of like the criminal mind and like leave with you know like something to think about, like this isn't the movie for that. Right. So yeah. as long as you're just watching it, like I just want to see shit get destroyed. It accomplishes that. Yeah. It's, it, it wasn't a bad movie. I thought it was going to be worse. So I, I haven't seen this. I, I think I saw this movie a long time in the past, but I certainly don't have any memory of anything in the movie. So mm-hmm. coming into it like blind, like it, I mean, I had fun. I thought, I, you know, I thought it was fun. Um, so uh, what do you guys think about, like, like, do you feel like there was, like, let, let's talk about, like, let's talk about our real subject here. So, like, Nicolas Cage's acting in this movie, I feel like was a little, I don't know. For me, it was, it was very restrained. Mm-hmm. Did you guys feel that way, too? Like, uh, in, especially in comparison to, like, a lot of other shit we've seen him in? Yeah, it definitely isn't like one of his crazier roles um, because he is kind of playing the, you know, the level-headed older brother who's seen some stuff to Giovanni. He's like, fuck up younger brother. Um, So yeah, it definitely felt more grounded and for as ridiculous a Bruckheimer movie as it is, you know, pretty rooted in reality as far as Nicolas Cage movies go, I guess. Yeah, he's hey, I, definitely chill, a little more chill in this movie. But like, he was giving me like Bruce Willis vibes, honestly. Like with the blonde hair, like like the sort of like yeah, yeah, everything's gonna be alright. Yeah, he looks like Homelander yeah. in this movie. He has Homelander hair. Yeah, he from, does from the boys. Yeah. From the boys, yeah. He's got weird blonde hair. I just the this movie like starts off weird for like like the situations just are so weird. Like everything is like at surface level trying to move the story in a direction but then when you look at it you're like what the fuck is going on like uh he moved away from being a car thief to run a children's go-kart facility because his mom told him to his mom said you gotta you gotta leave so that your younger brother can go straight and here he is like six years later alone no girlfriend Mm -hmm. just hanging out with kids and an old man in a garage in the friggin' desert six years later. <laughs> like, like what a weird situation, right? Like maybe he's found happiness. Maybe he's like, this is what I was meant to do. You know, <laughs> I guess like, I don't know. That so- was- yeah. And then, and then the second they're like, you know, Oh, we, we got one last heist for you. Yeah. Save yeah. your family. He's like, okay, yeah. I guess I will. Oh, can we show can I show the just the 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 let's go to the very top of the movie the yeah. the terrible photoshop montage 
So yeah, like, it has a so the movie has a really long opening sequence. Um, but like, I love the song, the Moby yeah. song that plays. Yes. I I, uh, I I muted the song because like I don't you know like we don't want to play copyrighted stuff or whatever, but it's like swing Saturday up, swing Saturday down, dan, 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 that one, and it's yeah. like like a solid five minutes of this it's like the whole song. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they're like they're panning. This is another example of just a ridiculous thing. Like they're panning through, I guess someone's house. It's full of car parts, weird memorabilia, like a TGI Fridays for like motorcycle people. But then with <laughs> strewn about are these terribly photoshopped pictures of Nick Cage with his younger family. So like it just doesn't make any sense. Like some of these pictures, like like they could have done better. Like here, look at Nick Cage on the right of this one. This one is just terrible. Like that's. Like, look at, like, I don't know. <laughs> and that's, like, a picture of that actress from Twin Peaks. Here we go. Grace Zabriskie. This one. Look at look at that picture for the actress. Look at how bad. Oh, my God. Like, what body is that even on? It's just so weird. They it's spent like, so much of their budget on cars, you know? They had to. That's, that's Angelina Jolie in a cowboy hat. <laughs> look at that one. These are, yeah, this is not good Photoshop at all. This one's pretty bad. Where are they getting these pictures, like, off the internet? Like, they should have just taken actual pictures to use for this, you know what I mean? Like the photos that came with the frames and they just kind of (laughs) cut out the heads of the actors. But, yeah, um, yeah I, I think I, I did want to mention because you mentioned the soundtrack. Uh, the soundtrack for this movie uh, fucking rules. Like it's it's so much of an era. Like it's the very two thousand. It's like, a movie. Sure, yeah. Did they like, have Sandstorm uh, at some point? I thought I heard Sandstorm in this movie. I'm probably wrong. I would not be surprised. I think that would be right on target. Um and we got Folsom Prison Blues with Johnny Cash. Then uh they play Been Caught Stealing by Jane's Addiction near the end, which is very on the nose. Um like uh just a lot of like late nineties hip hop stuff. I don't know. It's great. It's really fun. Can we talk about the fact that his name is Randall, not Memphis, and he grew up in Long Beach, but his freaking name nickname is Memphis for some reason. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, I never understood that. And I, upon viewing it, I was trying to like, did it have something to do with a car or, you know, but I know Nicolas Cage is obsessed with uh, Elvis, oh. mm, mm-hmm. but that's, that's the only correlation I can, you know, in the same way he named his son Kal-El. That's the only reasoning I can think of that maybe he was, he always wanted to be called Memphis in a movie. <laughs> he so Nicholas Cage has a lot of um what's it called uh, a lot of like really interesting character names uh I uh, I'm gonna have to pull some up but uh like uh I think I think that that's one of the that's one of the things like uh right so like face off his name is Caster Troy uh Conair <laughs> he's Cameron Poe um Wild at Heart, which is what we're doing soon. He's Sailor Ripley. Like, we've got a lot of really funny... uh, His first name is Sailor or he is a sailor? Sailor Ripley is his name. I have not seen the movie, so... We'll get into that one one day. Yeah, we will. Um, They sound like Star Wars characters. Right, I know. So, I don't know 
if people oh. are like, oh, it's Nicolas Cage. Let's give him a weird name. Well, you know, what's weird is the name is so close to actual weatherman in the L.A. area. Dallas Reigns. Dallas Reigns. Yeah. So wow. it's just another city Reigns. So it's like, I wonder, like, you know, is it, was Dallas Reigns the weatherman back in the 2000s? Ooh, I, would, I have no idea. He's a is, is Johnny Mountain and Dallas Reigns, right? Ray Bruckheimer's. <laughs> Dallas Reigns is uh, at KABC TV in Los Angeles. Um, he's in his 60s now, so he very well could have been. Probably was. You don't just break into weathermanning in your 60s. Yeah. Usually, usually you grow into it. <laughs> Weatherman, another Nicolas Cage movie. Oh, shit. True. Yeah. I remember that one. Oh, boy. That's going to be a good one. All right. Wait. Now, before we like, let's let's dig in because I, I want to dig into to some stuff here. The yes. woodworking. Can we talk about the woodworking? Oh, you mean with the <laughs> Kalitri's character? He's a woodworker. That was, that was so like, I felt like they were trying to give him some kind of thing. And it was just, I mean, as someone who who does like arts and crafts sort of things like I kind of got the part where he was like no don't destroy my chair my beautiful precious creation so like a little of my heart went out to him that way because I know whenever my cats walk all over something I've been working on it you know I die a little inside (laughs) but it just felt a little like oh we need a nickname for this criminal uh how about the carpenter okay why because he makes coffins and chairs yeah Wait, does he have he that nickname in the movie? Do they call him the Carpenter? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Um, I didn't I, pick up on I, that. I did enjoy, so So Christopher Eccleston played him. Uh, this is like, uh, it's, 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 here's a little trivia that I was going to share later. But so the reason he had sort of an unusual accent, I don't know if you guys caught, clocked that, like his accent was a little weird. So that's yeah. Christopher Eccleston's natural Lancashire accent. Yeah. Uh, and the reason that he chose to do that is because uh, as which makes sense to me is that like anytime you see someone who's British in an American movie, they either speak like super posh or they speak Cockney. And it's like, oh, those are the only two. And so he was like, why don't I show a different accent? A different <laughs> Wait, as an American who can't really differentiate between, you know, British accent, like I can tell like, oh, I think you're from a different part of the UK than that guy over there. But when I first saw the movie, I 100 percent thought his accent was fake. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, they couldn't find a better actor with a stronger British accent this role. I, I feel like like he probably went on an interview show and was like, uh, you may have noticed that my, my accent was a little different. This. They're like, no, like no American really would have ever noticed the difference between, you know. <laughs> I Honestly, I thought he was maybe doing like Irish or something. Like it, it did seem weird to me. But um, it, it's that like is, when David Tennant speaks at his native Welsh accent. You're like, what? I mean, I sorry. Scottish. Yeah, Scottish accent. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, we get so used to like our British actors speaking in like very, you know, standard posh British. <laughs> yeah. Or like the Southie Adele. Yeah. Do you remember when he he makes a coffin? Yeah, he's then, like, this is my latest project. It's a co-. like, who is the, is the coffin supposed to be for Kip? It was like a fake out. He's like, I made this coffin and he opens it. See, it's empty. Like, like a fake out, like to fuck with him. Like your brother's in this coffin, bitch, but he's not. (laughs) What's such a stupid fake out? Like the whole premise of he's a woodworker to like build up to this moment where he actually made a coffin and it's empty. 
yeah, that was music that they were trying to like build that up to be like, oh, is he already dead? But then, but it like the tension of the scene didn't feel like it was there. It was, it was like, oh, cool, man, you made a coffin. Where's <laughs> <Yeah>. my brother? <laughs> And then, like, in the end, he kind of made his own coffin because he fell on it at the very end. But he didn't fall into it. He should have fell into it. I mean, this movie's already ridiculous. Should yeah, we- might as well knock it's him like into his own coffin. It's like goes. What was that, Meg? I said, yeah, might as well knock him into his own coffin, yeah. 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 Like, if you're going to go for that super implausible jump with Eleanor at the end, like, have him land precisely in the coffin. Yeah, like, what the hell? Yeah. This movie has so many moments like that where you're just like... Like, uh, I don't know what's going through their minds. Do you remember? Oh, when, like when oh. she puts on the lipstick that she found in one of the cars they boosted. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was. That, I was like, why? I don't know. <laughs> I'm not putting on a stranger's lippy color. No way. <laughs> Did you do you remember the part where um, uh, he, Robert Duvall, uh, he's like, hey, remember when he used to do this? And he like plays tapes of engines. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, what the hell? Who does that? Like, who has recordings of engines? There was another movie where they were like, oh, IQ. This is such a random pull. But, like, have have you guys seen the movie IQ Mm -mm. with Robbins? uh, Is it uh, Jenna Elfman or no? No, uh, Meg Ryan. Meg Ryan. But they're, they're mechanics and they'll hear a car, like, driving down the street and they'll be like, oh, it's a blown radiator cap or it's a fan belt issue and they're like placing bets on what's wrong with the car before it even gets in there and that's what that kind of reminded me of sort of <laughs> like i mean like i'm not a mechanic so what do i know you know maybe a really good seasoned mechanic could be like oh yeah that's a v12 on a you know pontiac fiero i don't know yeah so that's actually something i wanted to talk about is like this is such a car movie and like as i don't know about you guys but i am not a car person at all like, I do not care about cars. I understand that they are a thing. Like, did you did you feel like that kind of, like, impaired your enjoyment of the movie? Just being like, I don't know what a fucking Shelby is. Like, Yeah. I, I, I think because I have enough friends who are car people and I've sort of absorbed... I don't want to say I'm, I'm knowledgeable as a car person, but I think I knew enough to not be... Um, thrown off by that at all. I will say since this movie came out, Shelby GTs are still referred to as Eleanor's. Really? Yeah. And the, the amount of Mustangs and GTs on the road, like multiplied after this movie and they're all driven by assholes. (laughs) Like don't know anything about cars beyond the fact that this was the Eleanor. So, but yeah, I, I wasn't thrown off by the car yeah, stuff. Yeah, you do seem much more knowledgeable and less dismissive than me, so I appreciate <laughs> that. Wait, what about you, Chris? Did that did that like like uh like like for like imagine like Ocean's Eleven, right? Like so they're heisting a diamond. I'm like, okay, a diamond. I understand diamonds. That's a universal thing, you know. Like, did did you find the like car talk to be? I hate car talk in general. I hate people who get really into cars. I'm just like, you hate car talk. Yeah, I hate when people are like, oh, an engine, and they're like, or you see somebody's like totally tricked out their car. I hate when people race their cars in the street and endanger people. I just like, 
honestly, I'm not a big car person. I think like everything's like with the, the I'm gonna be totally depressing the environment the way it is. Like you should just be making the most efficient, like most reasonable cars known to man. That's all all companies should hey, be doing. Hey, it was 2000. We uh we uh we didn't know any better then. But like this movie, it's fun. It's like watching, you know, like it's like watching. You don't have to like cars to like, you know cool looking cars i mean they look cool i don't care about what's going on under the hood but it's like fun. I, I so i didn't hate that aspect of it but it just didn't really you know do much for me i think most guys too just pretend they know what they're talking about when they like you know it's like yeah cars you know what i mean when something like this is on on tv they're just like yeah totally Horse well, if you power. go into the like the goofs and trivia section for this movie on imdb the goofs are so nitpicky and they're like, oh, they, they said uh, they're boosting a 74, blah, 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 yada, yada. But those weren't made until 78. And I'm just like, <laughs> okay. Yeah, when I was gathering the trivia for this movie, I ignored like half of them because half of them were very car-specific trivia. <laughs> yeah. Remember when he's like, uh, this just remind when he said boosted, he's in the, the LA river and he hits the button on the, the, the shifter and he goes 150 and loses the helicopter. Yeah. <laughs> like what? Just go higher. You can see further. You're a helicopter. <laughs> Why are you off two feet off the ground in your helicopter? <laughs> and every heist movie has in, that takes place in LA has they have to go into the river. Yeah. Yeah. Like everyone's like, it- I'll lose him in the river. They did it in uh, Terminator too, right? Yeah. And like that old James Dean movie, Rebel Without a Cause, I think had a scene there. I mean, the river by us is like, you could never drive a car in there. There's rocks. There's a flowing water. Like, I don't know. There are trees. There are many trees in there. Where is this section of the river where people are driving cars? Where's the roadway that goes into the river? Like, I don't know where that is. Well, the whole movie takes place in Long Beach. Sorry, what are you saying, Jenny? I interrupted. It's it. Uh, Usually those are shot in L.A. proper, kind of where all those like homeless communities are that are right off of the L.A. River. Like Uh, that's where it's the widest and the most film friendly. Yeah, man. I know because I filmed something there. (laughs) But what I don't get is how can you ever safely film there? Because... I guess you know there's no water coming, so never mind. Yeah, but I mean, like, there's always a chance. <laughs> like, water could come. But. I feel like the, yeah, I think you would you would have a little bit of warning for that, given that it never rains here. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I enjoyed, so the, so the movie was, theoretically took place in Long Beach, so there was a lot of stuff that wasn't super familiar to me, but I did enjoy, there was a few cameos of LA locations that were fun to see. Um, yeah, I don't know if you guys caught any of these, but I saw um, Yamashiro, the uh, restaurant in Ho- the Japanese restaurant in Hollywood that's up on a hill. Um, yeah, that dude have- steals a car from the Yamashiro valet. <laughs> yeah, he, pret- he pretends to be the Yamashiro valet, and then he just steals that person's car. <laughs> they have a, a a wonderful night market there during the summer during uh, non COVID times, where you can like go and get. I don't know, various like food vendors and there's a beautiful view of the city. Um, so that's actually a really nice place to go. <laughs> uh, the other one I saw was um, the, oh, I'm blanking on the name. Chris, you know what I'm talking about, the bar in Hollywood. The oh, Frolic, Frolic Room. Room, yeah. They had a couple of scenes that were like just filmed across from Pantages because I guess there used to be a giant parking lot across from the Pantages. 
Yeah. Not anymore. Watching that, and I was like, where they're, because I used to work at a bar right next to the Pantages, and I'm like, where they have this car parked is the sidewalk for the metro station yeah. right now. So yeah. I, don't know, I don't know what it was in 2000, but I was like, that's crazy. And like having watched it in 2000 versus watching it now, it was also different not being from L.A. Because when you watch it, when you don't know the area, you're like, oh, wow, that's so cool. And then when I watched it again, I was like, there's no way they're getting from downtown L.A. to Long Beach in 30 seconds. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of that stuff. You know, like there's a lot of stuff in this movie. Like there was a character named Frib. Yeah. Like that just sums it up. Like all this stuff just seems like crazy for the sake of crazy. Like yeah. Freb. And then like they're calling around all the, the people. They're like, oh, we need people for this job. And it's like, uh, oh, yeah, he got what was the word? The guy I, I wrote in my notes scragged. Oh, no, that dude yeah. got scragged. I'm like, that's yeah. not a word. <laughs> I don't think anyone uses that word. And everyone is just like, oh, yeah, he did. Yeah. <laughs> They had some good character names. Um, I the the Sphinx. So oh, yeah, I, I have. Uh, so that was played by Vinnie Jones, who's the guy from Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels, like the the bigger British guy. Bullet Tooth. Um, uh, so fun fact about that is that the reason that he was called the Sphinx is because he was originally the character was originally written to have no nose. Oh my god! Like, like the Sphinx in Egypt, and he was supposed to have a glasses and a fake nose on. Um. <laughs> That would have taken the crazy level up. Yeah. Um, that alone. I wish they had done that. That's really funny. I mean, it would have been easier in the Voldemort times we live in now where they can do that CGI. But back then. That's true. Yeah. That would have been tough to, to do. But Well, he, w- he would have been wearing the fake nose all the time. You know? Th- this is something we touched on when we were watching it, Meg. But do yes. you remember how – so the money that they're going to get for this job is $200,000. Yes. And he goes to bail his brother out, and he's like, "Here's 10k. We're done, right? Remember, like right at the beginning, and like at the end of the day, they get like how many people to turn up for this crew? Like twelve? Like at least a dozen, yeah. Yeah, and they're like, you divide that money up, and like really, that 10k he had is just about what he's gonna take. There, you know, like it's crazy." How little but money. save the life of his brother is priceless. But totally. everyone else is showing up for like why? So two hundred thousand dollars divided by twelve is about sixteen point six thousand, and like most of those cars were worth more than that. So I don't know what would be motivating these people not to just steal the car, go sell that, yeah, and then get more money. <laughs> it's like a lot of things in this movie are just like they don't add up. But yeah. But does it matter though? Does no. it? Are we going to talk uh, about Roger? Who's Nick Cage Roger? is Roger when they're trying to find all the cars. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. I want to talk about Roger. I want to see that clip, please. <laughs> right. So the, the context for this clip is that uh, he's scouting out a car at a car dealership um, and he uh, decides he's going to go in character to try to learn more about the car, I guess, or I don't know where they keep their cars stored. Yes. Yes. Um, and this is the only, Cage like, the only scenes in the movie where we get like the Classic. true Nick Cage accents. Yes. So. This is a true, true cage. That's all right? My name is Roger, sir. May oh, hold on. Let me see. I fixed the audio. <laughs> That's funny. My name is Roger. 
don't mind me, guys. Don't mind me. I have a problem. Let me just start this over. Yeah, start it over. My name is Roger, sir. May I be of some help? That's funny. My name's Roger. Two Rogers don't make a right. <laughs> Roger, I have a problem. Yes. I've been in LA for three months now. I have money, I have taste. But I'm not on anybody's A-list, and Saturday night is the loneliest night of the week for me. Well, a Ferrari would certainly change that. Perhaps. Hmm. But you know, this is the one. Yes. Yes, yes. I saw three of these parked outside the local Starbucks this morning, which tells me only one thing. There's too many self-indulgent wieners in this city with too much bloody money. He says bloody money like he's now, British. If I was driving a 1967 275 GTB4 cam, you would not be a self-indulgent That was the car that people made a fuss about. Precisely. What do you mean? In the in the goofs, they're like, yeah, that wasn't made until 69 or something. <laughs> I don't have one here. However, I do have one in the warehouse. Superb. What else do you have in the warehouse? Oh, and there you go. He figured I mean, it out. I think out of context, if you're watching this, you're just like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's classic Nick Cage. But like the rest of the movie, he's really doing like... Subdue. Yeah, like doing like a Bruce Willis thing, you know, like very much like macho, like not really saying much. Like, you know, he's he's like straight manning to Giovanni Ribisi for like the whole movie, you know? Yeah, it's it's kind of weird to see him like that after having watched a couple other like, you know, really crazy Nick Cage movies to go to this. Yeah. You're like, oh, he's just so chill. But yeah. Yeah, I, I um, there was another clip you ha we had lined up. Which I, I would love to. So this is this is another. This is I think one of the more famous scenes from the movie. Another. Um, Don't mind me. Wanna... I'm just hitting tons of buttons and causing problems. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I hit too many buttons. But yeah, this so is the, when they're getting ready. For this is their, yeah, they're getting ready for the heist. And he says, "Wait, before we go." We oh, have... I love. I love. It's this. it's a great scene. We have to listen to Lowrider. Danny, lowrider. Keep it low rider, real. Danny. Keep it real. We should get through just fine. You could just drop Bruce Willis right in there. It would make sense. I seriously. Donnie, lowrider. Danny, lowrider. And they absorb the power. Just like look at him and Angelina Jolie too. She's absorbing the strength. I know. She's like meditating. Bye. Like. <laughs> Look at her. She's just like, you could put like a lightning bolt like it's Highlander. Now watch his hands. Watch his hands. Sorry, McBride. Okay, let's run. <laughs> <laughs> it's Hi, like, my, what? My boyfriend and our circle of friends, the car people who I saw this with originally, they would do that every time we were leaving a building. Oh man! They'd be like, "Uh, oh, guys, let's ride." <laughs> this movie had a much more significant effect on this than on your friends than you're letting on. I think. I'm glad you chose this movie, Jenny. This is a great, a great, <laughs> great context for it. Um, but again, it was like thousand guys, okay? It was two thousand. <laughs> we all were doing weird shit in two thousand. <laughs> Midriffs and platform sneakers were in. I'm just saying. <laughs> So much baby blue eyeshadow. <laughs> <laughs> that. Um, go ahead. Sorry. Oh no no no. Uh, what were you saying? 
I was going to pivot. So um, I want to talk a little more about Angelina Jolie's character. Yeah. Uh, Way. If we sway, we've dug into her. So we, we not I mean, to be we, confused you know, with MTV VJ sway. What'd you say? Not to be confused with MTV VJ sway. Is that a person? Yeah. Yeah. You don't know sway. Mm-mm. He was like also the oldest VJ. Sway Calloway. Yeah, no, this doesn't sound familiar at all. Um, but so I just, I think one of the things I thought was funny about her is that she's like literally top build in this movie. You know, like she, I mean, after Nicolas Cage, it's, she's the number one person build. It's her, it's like her and then Robert Duvall and like, okay, Robert Duvall has a pretty big role, but Angelina doesn't, Julie doesn't do anything. Like yeah. they do make, um, again, th- this could be like, these could be lines that you kind of miss if you because you don't care about cars, but um, they, she kind of mentions at some point when he's like coming to her to put the group together, she's like, she says something like, you need someone who knows European cars or something mm. to that effect. So that's why that's like her specialty, I guess. It's such a throwaway thing that like, you're really more focused on, oh, they used to be together. Yeah. And like, right. that's why she seems important to the movie. But she's supposed to be an expert on European cars or something. But like, like, uh, well, I guess you're right, because like when they went to that warehouse, remember, she was cracking open all the Ferraris and all the Lambos and stuff. Mm-hmm. So or like, like do your thing girl Jesus like with the computer on the fucking thing but like Megan and I were talking about this uh, her age is problematic for the, the storyline cause he's been gone for six yeah. years they used to be together uh, and in real life I mean maybe they're asking her to play maybe they're trying to get her to play 30s but in real life like, he was 36 and she was 26 when this movie was made yeah or like, so it, we just worked it out. Like he would have been 31 and she would have been like 19. Like if you went by the actual ages when they got together. Yeah. So that's like when that. they broke up too. That's not when they got together. Yeah. That's when they broke up. So like, so he's like, and you're 18. Great. Let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> Want to steal some cars with me? <laughs> hey, I'm going to leave for six years. Bye. <laughs> I didn't find, yeah, I didn't find their relationship that compelling i don't know i was thinking about like what are the interesting relationships in this movie and i feel like it's really like sort of the brother relationship i thought was like pretty well done yeah they didn't have fantastic chemistry yeah they you know like the scene in the car when they're waiting for that couple to oh that weird yeah do their thing. Uh, I feel like that could have been like a much hotter scene. And I was just sort of like, okay. Yeah. Those uh, kisses were gross. There's like <laughs> a little too much tongue. Like, like weird tongue. She goes for a lot of movies. Like she does not hold back. And like and, and, and recalling this movie, I'm like, oh, they had sex with the stick shift or something. They just made out a little bit. It was like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Also, she is like throwing herself at him all the time for no reason. She just like says, let's bang, like, you know, in weird ways, too. Yeah. And she's like, oh, like something about like pink underwear and leather. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's like she's she's sort of set up as this like perfect, like edgy love interest thing. And like there's not really much more to her, which is just unfortunate. You know? Like yeah. the, the edgier version of the manic pixie dream girl. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're like, who, who's this? Manic pixie car thief. 
Yeah. Like they don't do that with any of the guys. Like the guys can be schlubs. You know what yeah. I mean? That's just like, you know, the guys could be whatever, but the girl has to be like, you know, some kind of weird idealized bullshit. That's so weird. Yeah. That's a whole Hollywood trope that I could just do a very embittered TED talk on. Yeah. <laughs> just Oh man. That, yeah. that 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 really was stupid to watch because like yeah, like you said it was peak Jolie she just won a fucking Academy Award <laughs> right um what did you guys I think the other thing I want to touch on is I really I one thing I did enjoy about this was like all the different um sort of character actors that showed up throughout the movie like uh there was a baby Michael Pena yeah you know? like he's the he's the guy who when they're like trying to get the dog to poop out the keys. Oh yeah, he shows up. He's so he's so little. He's so young. Like, um, that's disgusting, man. And <laughs> I really like, liked. Um, so Delroy Lindo plays one of the two detectives. Um, I, I he was great. I, I've never seen him anything else, although he looks vaguely familiar. Hey, he's Timothy in Oliphant. Um, not yeah. the Good Wife. What's the spinoff with Christine Baranski? The Good, the good fight. fight. The good fight, yeah. And he was in a Congo. <laughs> nice. I liked him a lot. I thought he was like, it, it, he had such a big role in the movie. It's just funny that Angelina Jolie got credited over him. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, that's kind of what they do. Like, like this movie was probably made before she won her Oscar, but it was released after. Right. So they were like, well, let's ride that PR wave because that's easy for us. So instead of billing, like, you know, the maybe Robert Duvall had like a bigger credit before and they were like oh, let's down into the left a little smaller this yeah. is again i find myself watching this movie as has happened with the other nick cage movies and being like oh that guy oh that like there's just like maybe yeah. there's a formula for a good movie and that is you just chalk it full of like random people that like everyone recognizes so like you feel yeah. safe watching it i don't know You're like, i don't know their name but i know i've seen them in something They're like oh this dude or maybe it's like, like they're famous now, but they weren't then. I don't know. Um, yeah. And uh, what's it? Chai McBride is that how you say his name? Yeah, he said it. yeah. He was great too. I we just saw. Uh, I just saw the first episode of Pushing Daisy. I'd never seen it before. I was like, oh, it's the guy from Pushing Daisies. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, a very there was actor. a terrible scene with him though. Do you remember when he's he's in the the driving school with the female Asian driver? Oh, oh yeah. And he's like, oh. you can't drive, I can't swim. That's just the way it is. Like, oh boy, that, yeah, that is was, rough. That was not a good. I, I I will say this this movie did hold up a little better than some other ones we've seen in terms of like. Uh, blatant racism. Uh, they, <laughs> yeah, Giovanni Ribisi. Giovanni Ribisi drops a little, uh, little uh, oh, homo- I don't even homophobic term in the middle yeah. of the movie. So it, it was a different time back then. It was a different yeah. time. It, it, it. I will say, like, we haven't uh, at this point we haven't done our Con Air episode, but when we get to that one, like, yeah, we'll see. Okay. Like, it was, it was a different time. It's not great, but. Um, yeah, it's weird to watch things. I've been rewatching like 30 Rock even, which is just barely a decade old. And I know they expunged a, an episode where a character was in blackface completely from the internet. But some of the other episodes, I'm just like... Oh, they're really... Even in 30 Rock? Wow. Oh, yeah. 30 that. Rock was not great, yeah. Oh, to go. Wow. 
not hold up that well. Do you? So like, just to get back to the movie a little bit. Um, yeah. There's a couple things that I wanted to talk about. One was yes. his 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 lair, the bad guy's lair, like that those pipes and all that stuff i know that's like you know typical in hollywood you see like they go to like a warehouse and there's pipes and stuff but like like, generic generic like steam and fire right but realistically what that is where they shot that is like an oil refinery it's not like you know like that what they're looking at is like a humongous oil refinery so like why is this man in a in a working oil refinery doing woodwork like where is this oil refinery that's by the docks like what is going on like you know what i mean like yeah what? he's a he's a criminal he takes what he can get you know like is, is it abandoned because it's not abandoned it's like obviously it there's like it's working right right that part just yeah. blew my mind <laughs> like what is he doing there um, how did he in there yeah, because you know whoever owns that has to have some serious I mean, like Rockefeller money. Is it like a refinery that takes crude oil off of a ship and then makes it into usable gasoline? I don't know. In Long Beach. Why? All right. What? What other closing thoughts do we have on the movie before we pivot over to our next segment? Oh boy. Well, there was one part where. <laughs> so his his base is part. Car crushery, part oil <laughs> refinery, part dock, part woodworking Dark. shop. Yeah. And they go to a, there's a part of the movie where somebody's coming to the car crushery and it's like fully staffed and functional in the middle of the night. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like people are crushing cars at two in the morning. <laughs> and like, who are all these people? Because that's a big operation for him to have. Yeah, he's got a staff? A, yeah. Like, what? <laughs> It's just so crazy. <laughs> like he came to he came to Long Beach and set up shop. Like it just doesn't make any sense. I don't know. Anyway. That'd yeah, be the part that I took issue with was at the end when he saves the detectives he saves Delroy Lindo's life and he's just like You can go. I've been chasing after you this whole movie. Yeah. I've just you know, white white and he just lets him go. Yeah, he's just like, okay, cool. Get okay. out of here, you little scamp. Come on, get out of here. <laughs> you can go. Yeah. That whole, that's, that whole, that's, uh, that's the end. Like, from a legal perspective, they are good. They steal all these cars. They cause less sort of property damage. And then they just, like, the detective's just like, get out of here. And, and, and he, does, he does tell him, like, where to find the cars. So, right. like, Technically, they were returned, but like still, all that property damage. Oh my God. They tore the city apart. (laughs) (laughs) And and Delroy Lindo, the whole movie is coming up with excuses to not bust him. He's like, no, he's just going to dump the cars. No, we can't get him yet. Remember, like, every t- every 10 seconds, he's like, no, 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 let's not bust them yet. But, like, they had him, like, dead to rights, like, four times in a row. Anyway, that just pissed me off. Also, <laughs> they, they threw in that line where that guy, that officer comes in and is like, yeah, he's going down for murder one. Just to make it okay to kill Eccleston at the end of the movie. Because otherwise, mm-hmm. it would have been way too brutal. Because Eccleston hadn't killed anybody at that point. He's so, just like, a good boomer. Huh? And it's killing. What was that? What did you say? <laughs> uh, if, he, if Eccleston were just a car thief 
and he died at the end, it's like, ooh, that's cold. That's a little mm-hmm. harsh. But because he's a murderer also, you're like, okay. That's- right, right. I- they had to add that in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, Chris, you want to pivot us over to uh, trivia? Yeah, let's do some uh, some, uh, some trivia. trivia about the movie. Oh, boy. I got to get faster. I got to get some shortcut keys lined up. Trivia time. Trivia time. All right. Just uh, I've said a couple of these, so I won't repeat them. But uh, I don't know if you guys noticed. Uh, so when Mirror Man, who is the the short guy with the glasses, uh, he dresses up as like a, what'd you say? Makes the fingerprint for Chai McBride. Oh, this is live. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And he dresses up like kind of like a stereotypical pimp and he goes to the clerk at the police impound yard. In the background, there's a sign that says, if you leave your car unlocked, it will be gone in 60 seconds. Nice. (laughs) Title drop. (laughs) Something to add to what Jenny said, uh, the fingerprints. Yeah. Those are Elvis's fingerprints. Elvis. It all comes back to Elvis. Also, I did read that that sign uh, was in the original 70s yes. Oh, well, maybe that's why they uh, called it that. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, there were seven Eleanor replicas made for use in this movie. They totaled five of them during stunt sequences. And Nicolas Cage and Jerry Bruckheimer kept the remaining two. And Cage regularly takes his out for joy rides. <laughs> as you can imagine. And he jumps I cars. Actual Shelby GT was the one at the end that Giovanni Rubisi gives to the real beat up one, yeah. And then the rest were all like tricked out Mustangs or something. Yeah. Um, Nick Cage did most of his own stunt driving for the film. He went to a couple different car driving schools and he liked driving race cars so much that he continued to pursue it as a hobby after shooting was completed. That checks out. That yeah, check out. That's interesting, <laughs> though. Um, here's one that's cool. I don't know if you guys have seen the trailer, um, but the trailer was narrated by Melissa Disney is her name. Um, and it's the first one of the first major movies that had a female tra- a narrator for the tra- like a female voice of a narrator for the trailer. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. You got to you got to put that in the chat. I imagine. Though. Yeah, well, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I'll link to that. Yeah. That's interesting. Uh, so watch the trailer and you can see it's it, it's not like in a world. It's like a lady talking. <laughs> in a world. Uh, <laughs> it's a great movie about a female voiceover artist. <laughs> yes, I love that movie. That's a really nice, a really fun movie. Um, also, uh, so there is a, a bad movie awards called The Stinkers uh, in the year 2000. This movie won the awards for... Worst screenplay for a film that grossed over a hundred million using Hollywood Hollywood math and most intrusive musical score, which tracks the music was all up in there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Angelina Jolie received a nomination for worst on-screen hairstyle, but <laughs> unfortunately, that was the same year Battlefield Earth was released. So, <laughs> <laughs> so no. Um, cultural appropriation Scientology pandering yeah there were, there were at least three sci- or two Scientologists in the movie what's that yeah uh, Giovanni Ribisi uh, who were the other ones uh, the guy from uh, Ant-Man who we mentioned earlier who is the thug guy yeah, Michael Pena yeah Michael Pena he's a Scientologist weird small weird. world who is Who's the other the one, Chris? Oh, no, I just knew two. I'm, <laughs> sh- 
I mean, I'm sure there are more, but so. Uh, um, ready to take us over to the ranking section? Let's do it. Let's see if I can do it well. Uh, oh yeah, here we go. Cage. I haven't figured out how to get the audio work there yet, so I had to make the noise myself. Da 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 da. da. Also, I. I'm going to vamp for a second because I didn't open the file and I'm opening the file now and it's open and it's opening now. It's Excel. It takes a minute <laughs> and I'm singing. All right. Oh, and we're on the wrong screen, but that's okay. All righty. We're here. Oh, you guys can't see it though. Enjoyable. Now you can see it. There we go. We got it. Yay. All right. So we're going to do things a little differently this a week because we've pre-recorded this episode. We are going to, uh, oh, Chris, the title is uh, wrong. Aha. Well, uh, I can fix that easily. <laughs> uh, we are going to rank this movie. All right. So we're going to, we're going to put in our scores and then we are going to hold off on seeing where the ranking is until our next live show, which will be in January. And then in January, we will unveil the ranking of all of these episodes we pre-recorded and see the latest version of our definitive Nicolas Cage movie ranking. Um, so why don't we start with Jenny on some of these? So this is out of 10. Um, what we are hoping to get from you is how, like, like rank the cast quality out of 10, would you say? I think it's a pretty solid cast. Mm. Uh, so I'd give it a... I think I'd give it like a seven. Seven. It's pretty. It's like some of the some of the more minor players you haven't really seen since the early two thousands. But you know when you have like the Michael Peñas pop up and yeah, I'm gonna give it a solid seven. Okay. Uh, Chris, what you got? Uh, I um, I so you have Robert Duvall. Academy Award yeah. winner. You have Angelina Jolie, Academy Award winner. You have Nicolas Cage, Academy Award winner. True. You got three Academy Award winners. Uh, but so just going by cast, not their performance, cast eight. Right. Okay. Um, I'm going to do a little lower. I'm going to do a six because I feel like they had a good cast, but they didn't really use all of them to their extent, like mainly Angel- uh, Angelina Jolie. Um, and also I, uh, I really didn't like Timothy Oliphant in this one. I thought he was, <laughs> yeah, but it was annoying and he should, I don't know. It should have just if been Delroy Lindo. I can watch his face during like that last chase scene. Like Delroy Lindo is like focused on driving and Timothy Oliphant is just like, it's a country drive for him. Cause he's just like, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, I didn't enjoy him in this movie. Um, and uh, all right, uh, quality of acting, Jenny. What do you what do you give it? Mm-hmm. I feel like this is difficult to say because it wasn't like super meaty material. Yeah. So I feel like they were strong in their characters that they were given. So maybe a. Maybe seven also. Seven, all right. That uh, feels maybe a little I don't know. I don't know. Well that's why we average all three, because then we have uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm gonna give it a like, uh, don't worry, we'll adjust. <laughs> yeah. 
I, I'm definitely gonna give it a five because that was there was not a lot of acting in my. I think Delroy Lindo was a good actor, and I think that was pretty much it. I think it was just kind of like the tracks were laid, and they were all just on for the you know, on the ride. Maybe Nick Cage was. Like, it's good, like but. a good high school theater program doing Grease. Like you know, they're like it's it's not hard what you're doing. Right. right? I'm gonna give it a five too. Just very middle of the road. Not, not, there's no, there wasn't anything that was like. Really bad. <laughs> you, guys, you guys have swayed me. Can I change? Them? Yes. Uh oh. What are you gonna go with six? Yeah. <laughs> All right, Jenny. Out of ten, how fun was this movie? I I mean, you I'm, can I give it as high of a score as you want. This is this, this has is. a special place in my heart. So I think I have to give it like a. I think I have to give it a nine. Wow. All right. Uh, But I say that knowing that, like, it's kind of the way you have, like, you know, that music on your Spotify that you wouldn't necessarily play at a house party, but you love. Yeah. Oh, like, I, I have, like, good memories about, like, having seen this movie. And so, like, that's really where the nine comes from. Mm hmm. For me, that's uh, a lot of uh, early 2000s ska. <laughs> so much trombone. <laughs> uh, what do you got, Chris? How fun did you think it was? I thought it was pretty fun. I'm going to give it eight. Okay. I'm going to give it a slightly lower score. I'm going to give it a six just because, like, I really tuned out during, like, the last car chases. I just, I was, like, in my notes from this, I was, like, I am, I don't care. I there's so many shots of Nicolas Cage literally like shifting gears and like really close ups of the pedals. It's like I don't need to see this. But there was some fun stuff. Like remember when that loose propane tank? That was crazy. And the guy gets bashed through the wall and he's like, Sir, you've gone through a wall. That was my yeah. favorite Galafont moment. <laughs> Are you poor? Because you just went through a wall. <laughs> um all right, what is this this technical category? This this used to be special effects, but this is now more like what would you call this, Chris? I like the technical quality of the film. So special effects, makeup, costumes, uh, things you would get a technical Oscar for, like things like that. Uh, that I mean, quality. I feel like if if a ten is you have won the technical Oscar for this movie. I mean, the car chases for me. I know how Meg feels about them, but for me, they were pretty solid. Um, with the exception of the ramp jump, they were, you know, it was pretty well shot and fun to watch all around. Um, I think I'd give it a seven. Seven. Um, I think I'm right there with you. I think the practical effects are really great. Like, like some of those car chase things, they did some crazy stuff that wasn't CGI'd. But what brought it down for me was like the the real crappy CGI of that jump at the end, uh, and the Photoshop in the beginning was unforgivable. Yeah, you created that Photoshop. So I like, I almost wonder if they shot it and it like, wow, we got that shot. It looks amazing. It worked out perfectly. And then some intern like lost the footage. Yeah. (laughs) Like it just, of everything that happened, it just didn't fit. I think they just probably bit off more than they could chew. They were like, we're going to have it jump all these cars. And they probably got got the shots they thought they needed. And when they put it all together, it just didn't look right. And they were like, well, we got to fudge this thing. I don't know. That's my take. Matchbox. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll throw a six in there. Six. It wasn't. It wasn't bad. It wasn't. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that probably was, you know, very hard to film. 
I don't know. I don't want to be too, too, too judicious, too judiciously, too enthusiastically awarding points. That's what I want. All right. Overall, Jenny, out of 10. Uh, I'm going to give it a. Don't be shy. (laughs) Go with your gut. I'm going to give it a seven. That's it? Okay. Okay, I'm going to give it an eight. No, no, no. I just, I just. You're influencing the data, Meg. I'm sorry. I just, I was surprised. Based on rewatchability, and again, my, you know, like, it's one of those stupid movies that I can just put on and find something new to giggle about. All right, so for me, I am seven. I'm going to give it a seven just because I. Uh, I enjoyed it, but it was like, it's definitely not an eight, not a nine. I mean, like if I'm thinking about movies for me that are eights or nines, this, you know, it's not up there with that. So I'm going to say seven. All right. And then our last segment is. Oh, what about uh, you? Overall, overall oh, sorry, score. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I, I just, uh, a little behind the scenes. I just got a text that our Vons Jilvery is coming in five minutes. So we're going to try to wrap up. We got this. <laughs> we got this. All right. Um, uh, overall, uh, I want to say, um, I'll give it a seven. Seven. All right. Yeah. All right. Last section is bonus points. You can award a bonus point or take away a bonus point for anything in particular that stands out to you about the movie. Things that we've award bonus points for or taken away bonus points for is like, oh, there was a really upsetting scene and we hated it. Or bonus point for Angelina Jolie's hair. (laughs) So Um, I feel like I'd take a point away for her hair. Yeah. Um, But I'm not going to. Don't put that down. (laughs) Um, I think I'm going to add a point because of one of my favorite scenes when Chai McBride and Freb are stealing a car and then someone like holds them at gunpoint and tries yeah, to I remember that. Lays him out and he's like, You need a role model. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna take a point away for the the Angelina Jolie's whole situation. <laughs> Um, I'm gonna add a point because they named him Memphis Reigns. That's <laughs> hilarious. Uh, all right. All right. So we won't click see results, but we will click January. cage data. And uh, we gotta, we gotta, we have a cage gauge that we'll also have to update in January. Uh, but uh, right now, it's I have a, I have a quadrant map that maps just Nick Cage's performance craziness versus acting quality so out of 10 you score uh we each give a score on how crazy he was in this movie and how good his acting was okay so jenny how crazy do you think nick cage was in this movie out of 10 yeah sorry you already said that it's gonna be i'd say two two yeah I I think I'm gonna bump it up one just because of the Roger moment. Like he's yeah, got a little bit of craziness. Pro- yeah, that's yeah. probably the craziest moment in the movie, or you know the the crazy idea of stealing fifty cars in a night. But that's more a plot point than it is. It's not that Nick Cage craziness. Cage it. Yeah. Meg, yeah. What, I'm what gonna it- give it two one point for each of the moments where he's weird in the movie, which is. <laughs> the Roger thing and then the uh, low rider thing. All right. So how about his acting ability? Jenny, what do you think? I mean, again, it's 
not Shakespeare. <laughs> um, seven. Seven. Seven is like my line six. Wow. No, no. Hey, give whatever you oh, want. Seven or six? Six. Six. All right. Do you guys do halves? Yeah. Not that I would give six point five. You could? That's a question I should have asked before we started all no, this. No, you're good. Don't worry. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll stick with six. I'm going to give it a four just because I, there was nothing really like amazing about his acting, but it wasn't terrible. It was just like, you it know. It was believable. Yeah, yeah. it was believable. I'll do a five. The brother five. who loves brother. Yeah. So we got, this will be interesting to see where this falls on the gauge compared to the other movies, but already you can tell we're in the lower left-hand quadrant because we have like a lower craziness low and, and lower acting. So yeah. I mean, we'll see the results in January. Ah, come check us again in January for our next live show. All right, let's go to, uh, you ready, Chris? Nick Cage facts. Oh, I was born ready because I can click real fast. Can't I? Yes, I can. Nick Cage facts. This is where we learn a little bit about the man behind the movies. We've already learned a couple things this episode, uh, but one thing that we didn't touch on um, is that Cage is a car and motorcycle dude, as makes sense. So he, at some point, owned 50 cars um, and also 30 motorcycles. That's a lot. So That's uh, like Jay Leno levels of... That's a lot of vehicles. I just never got that, that when you get rich, you have a lot of cars. It doesn't make sense to me. I just like you, how many, you can only drive one at a time. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a collector thing, you know, yeah. like is there anything you collect, like you can only listen to one record at a time. But then the cars though, like require space, maintenance, mm. insurance. Yeah. Upkeep. It's just a, such a ridiculous hobby. Yeah. I feel like we'll <laughs> learn over time about like we haven't really dug much into Nicolas Cage's like financial history but like <laughs> it's a mess. he's made a lot of questionable decisions about money and sort of like in a like broy like oh I got all this money but I will buy myself a lot of toys kind of way <laughs> bought a castle in England <laughs> yep oh, um man. well all right I will say that has been our show we are one minute away from grocery delivery time. <laughs> nice. We're going to wrap things up. Um, so uh, if you like the show, we are on every Sunday at 5 p.m. Pacific time. Um, we will have another episode next Sunday. Um, uh, we also do a show called Virtual Improv, which is Tuesdays at 6 p.m. Pacific time, Fridays at 7 p.m. Pacific time, where we do short form improv. It's really fun. Um we are raising money with this show uh, for the Downtown Women's Center. Uh, we will paste the link in the chat, and I think it'll also be on the closing slide, too. Um, it's a Los Angeles-based uh, center for um, uh, unhoused women. It's a great place to donate. Um, they do really good stuff. Um, and anything I missed, Chris? Anything, Jenny? Uh, one thing. This yes. movie was definitely a predecessor to the Fast and Furious movies, especially that barbecue at the end when they're like all a family. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like it definitely had Fast it and Furious. It definitely vibes. opened the door for a lot of uh, car heist movies. Yeah. It's in Southern California, too. I mean, in Long Southern, Beach. SoCal. Yeah. Like that's where the Fast and Furious was. It's so crazy. Um,. Guys, it's been a great show. Jenny, thank you so much for joining. Um, Thanks, Jenny. Thanks for having me. Uh, Check us out 
uh, every Sunday. Uh, you can also see past episodes as podcasts on YouTube. Uh, check the links in the Twitch. Yeah, the podcast uh, is on everything. Apple Podcasts. I mean, if you're listening to it, you probably already know that, but it's on all the things. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, see you guys next week. Have a good one. Bye. This has been Unlocking the Cage. Tune in Sunday nights at 5 at Managers Comedy on Twitch. Theme song by William Janetta. Thanks again for listening. <laughs>